Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Barangay Podcast Network. This is your host, Dominic Alcantara. I'm here with a very special guest today calling in from Los Angeles, the very talented musician and producer, formerly known as Spaz Kid. Today we have Mark Redito. Mark, you want to say what's up? Yo, 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 what's up, man? Yo. I'm super excited to be here, bro. Thank you for yeah, having man. me, man. Hell yeah, thank you for being here. Long time no see. I mean, not really that long, but... You yeah <laughs> it's, it's been long it's been a few months bro it's been yeah, a few been months. months yeah yeah three months, three months. that's yeah. all good it's all good so um mark you want to just talk a bit about your um, about your music anything yeah, pretty general sure. right now absolutely absolutely um so a few months ago around may i released a, a new album called new tropical uh it's my own personal exploration of tropical futurism and um you know it's inspired by afrofuturism and i i think with the the whole concept of the album is sort of like my exploration of what future tropical dance music would sound like um yeah so that's sort of like the idea behind the album um i you know it's it, you know the reception has been good um i've toured um the past you know few months um hit up you know like manila tokyo kyoto um uh obviously the us as well um it's been fun it's been a, an amazing journey and right now i'm back home um just you know working on some new stuff um getting inspired um i don't know collecting plants um so that's yeah that's, that's sort of like where i'm at right now that's beautiful man yeah I, i've gotten to see your shows a couple times over the years i think the first one was in new york maybe 2016 or 2017 oh wow um, i think that venue was called aviv do you remember that one aviv yeah aviv. i think so bro. yeah one of those yeah. warehouse shows in brooklyn Super, yeah. Super yeah totally oh bro dude okay so <laughs> what dude during that night um i think someone stole the the laptop of one of my guests oh um what? she was about to perform and and we were looking she was looking for her laptop and then she couldn't find it and then we later found out that there was this guy who actually came in went straight to the green room and just like grabbed like bags and and you know unfortunately her laptop was there and then bro after that I, I i don't know if they're in the same group or if it's the same person someone actually made the run for the cash box as yeah well. i remember that I yeah remember the bro. cash box getting stolen yeah dude <laughs> it yeah it was it oh was just it was insane man up. it's 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 really messed up um, That's really messed up. Yeah, it, it was that? it was it was unforgettable <laughs> though, you know. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, lesson learned, lesson learned for sure. You know, keep keep your valuables like close to you. Of course. Um, but I yeah, agree. man. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was memorable. You know, I. You know, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, memorable, exactly. I still remember that, so must be memorable. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah, so there was that one. I know I saw you. I remember I saw you at Sunnyvale, another show with Sunny. Aggie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sunnyvale. That's a good venue. That was a really nice venue. I'd never been there before. That's still the only time I've been there. Mm. And then saw you over here in Manila at Boogie, then back in New York and elsewhere. Hell it's been yeah. a few years now. Yeah, I, I think know, it's been like man. three or four years we've been coming to your shows. Dude, thank you so much for supporting, man. Of it's course, man. it's really for me, it's really cool to be friends with 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 someone who supports my music. That that all that always um I don't know, man. It, it's always inspiring to me. Like, you know, like you know, just having new friends through music. Um Yeah. I love that. And, and you know, obviously, like art as well, you know, and and yeah. that's that's how I, I think how I got connected with your collective Barangay Boys is is through art, is through yeah. photos, and through yeah. you know, and then from there it sort of expanded into you know meeting meeting you know your friends and you know Josh and the, the whole group of guys, you know, yeah, um, yeah. it's really cool, yeah. man. Like art 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 connects us, you know. Exactly. No, it's connected so many people. Like I, I have met so many people just through, through the internet. You know, mm -hmm. just the interactions that happen on social media that then translate into real life interaction, and then it just, it grows from there. It just blossoms. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure, man. So yeah. how long? How long were you touring for this year? How much time this year did you spend touring? So this year we kept it short. Um, maybe about. Uh, I think for the U.S., maybe like two weeks total, like compressed. Okay, yeah. Um, and for Asia, maybe about three weeks. And, you know, there's like rest rest days in between. Um, we kept it short because I'm, I've learned from experience that I don't like to be on the road that much. I mean, I yeah. love performing and I love hanging out with my friends and hanging out with, with, with fans and with people. But there's something about traveling and crossing time zones and, you know, waiting. Yeah. Like, bro, believe it or not, there's a lot of waiting that, you know, goes into touring, you know, oh, after sure. you set up. Yeah. You, you wait for about three to four hours just doing nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of gets to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you know, touring is fun. I, it's, I would say it's a... A, a love-hate relationship, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I love connecting with people, but I, I hate all the traveling. You know? Yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah. How, how long ago did you book your first, like, your big tour, your first big one? Like, around the States or around Asia? Yeah, the first big, the very first big one was uh, 2015 with Giraffage. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was... A month-long tour just straight just like playing shows like almost every night Ooh, wow. and bro that was that was draining man that was really draining um i i think that was my first taste of the real tour life you know yeah. um now i understand why some artists tend to um abuse you know like you know maybe alcohol or or, yeah. or drugs because 
it, it takes a lot from you, man. You know, both physically, not only physically, but emotionally too, because you you're always giving your 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 A game like every night. Every night. And, yeah. Every night, man, and and I, if you can imagine that, I feel like there are people who are made who who are made to do that. But I feel like for most of us, it's it, it's it's a lot to ask, really. You know, yeah. just just being there, just being on like every single day with no rest. Um, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, that's that being said, I'm grateful to have all these opportunities, man. And I wouldn't really, you know, I I would do it all over again, you know. Yeah, um, but I definitely learned. I definitely learned from from my experiences, and and that's why I I want to keep my tours like short, and you know, so that I'm I'm back home again. And I guess I wanted to spend more time creating art than than performing. Performing it. it. Oh yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Because how do you feel like that? Um, how do you feel like touring affects your workflow? You can't do anything, can you? Like creatively, yeah. you don't really get much done. Hundred percent, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I have some friends who who are producers and DJs who can actually create tracks while on tour, um, but I'm not one of them, man. Um, yeah. If I if yeah. I'm performing, I'm performing. If, if I'm recording, creating, I'm creating. That's it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of just like one like There's one no track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense because it's yeah. so much extra work, especially like you said when you're having no rest at all. How does your brain keep functioning to the point where you can actually create new stuff while worrying about performing old stuff? And it's just, how 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 do you even balance that out? <laughs> Thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. For for your huh. for yourself, man. Like how? So I know you're a multidisciplinary artist. I'm just curious, you know. Mm -hmm. um, how how do you balance that? How do you balance? You know, I I know you as a photographer, but I also know that you you're also involved with other creative like endeavors. Yeah. Um, what's the process like for you? How 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 do you sort of like? Is it in your mind? Is it just like part of this whole sort of like? Yes. Exactly. Thing, or is it like compartmentalized? Uh, for me, it's it's compartmentalized in uh, in a sense of you know breaking down tasks, but overall, it's it's really part of a whole thing, you know. Because I I exist as a photographer, and that was my thing first, and now I'm a model, and it's those two kind of go hand in hand, but from opposite mm -hmm. perspectives. And then aside from that, everything else I do in the creative world, it's it kind of all just files under one thing, one major, mm. just big part of my life because. It's pretty much what I think about every day, just different disciplines. And For sure. So it's really just my everyday life at this point. You know, there's no really dividing it anymore. Absolutely, and I think to to add to that bucket also is like events. Um, you know, yeah, organizing, exactly. producing, man, like that exactly. that that is an art in itself. You know, gathering people, <laughs> sort of like thinking of like the aesthetics and you know all that yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's it's a it, that is honestly the hardest thing that I do. Uh, mm. It's a really tough process every time because so much goes into it from you know booking venues to booking artists, booking performers, DJs, yep. sponsors, everything like that. It's so much work. It's so much work, but you know it's always worth it. I don't really mind doing the work as yeah, long as man. I give myself a big enough time frame, four to six months, to get something big done, and it's all good. You know. I feel you, man. That's um, I have the same experience too with uh, Likido, the the event series that I mm -hmm. that I host. Yeah. Um, and and like you said, man, like you have to be, 
um, a jack of all trades kind of, or at least exactly. learn aspects of, of, of the whole project. Like um, I tend to dive into the creative side, like lineup curation and sort mm-hmm. of like the marketing side of it. But then I also have to learn about, you know, booking venues and paying off artists and yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And even, even like you said, just the marketing aspects, learning how to do marketing is mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you absolutely. become an event manager, event producer, you suddenly have to be a marketing expert as well. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, I've never had to do that before. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, I have a theory. I, I, my my theory is that market i feel like a lot of people tend to see or tend to separate art and marketing um oh. but but to me the way that i see it it's like they're they're both uh they're they're sides of the same coin mm-hmm. because you have you Absolutely. have to know to me marketing is the art of 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 expressing and communicating this yeah. piece of art that you yeah. that you've made you know in ways that are impactful or ways that people could understand or could grasp easily yeah um i totally agree Mm -hmm. when i when i first started telling people about this podcast i was telling them like it's really going to be focused on artists but i want to even reach out to people who are like marketing experts you know because that like you said is an art in itself and you have to be so aware of, of visual arts and communication to to be a marketer so it's like why would i not have marketing people on the podcast you know, for sure, for sure. Some of the smartest people in the world. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is a tough process though, doing events. Can, can you talk a little more about Likido? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Likido, um, well, currently we're on hiatus, but um, okay. Likido is an event series that spotlights women, uh, people of color, and LG- LGBTQ plus um, producers and DJs. And we've done three events in the past. Uh, one, well, two in New York. Uh, I'm sorry, two in LA, and then one in New York. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think the the one that we got robbed was was the one that you went to. Was it a Likido one? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a Likido. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. It <laughs> was a funny night. I remember. I was so. I know, I had, bro. I was so mad that night. <laughs> like, what yeah, the hell man. Was going on? Come yeah. on, New York. Why do this, New York? But you know what, bro? I think I think one of the saving graces was that um, you're familiar with Yeji, Yeji, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Yeji. Well, she she's like really big and like popular now. But I booked her for that event, and I think she played one of the most like really like fun sets. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, so you know, after that thing happened and her playing, it's like. Okay, at least I've seen Yeji live, you know, before all of you know this whole sort of like you know, um, before yeah. she she became like this big DJ and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I, I didn't realize that was at the keto show. I guess I forgot that that was at the keto show. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Huh? When was the last one? The last one was in 2017, like two two years, more than two two years ago, um, with <clears throat> Princess Nokia as the headliner, and then mm-hmm. we had <clears throat> we had that's awesome. We had Seho from Japan, um, Neon awesome. Bunny from Korea, Korea, and Bay Tokyo from Japan as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was really fun. It was a really dude. We actually. We sold out that um, this big venue in LA. 
um, I think it was called the Globe Theater. Okay. Twelve hundred people, man. Um, wow. Ne- never did we imagine that, bro. Because when we started Likido, we were we were just you know, I guess envisioning a more intimate setting, more like warehouse parties, sort of like yeah. raves, like underground raves. Yeah, yeah. That, that was sort of the vision. But we were surprised when you know we sold out the Globe Theater. It was it was really cool. It was it was such That's a win huge. for us. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's huge. Twelve hundred people. That is huge, man. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. That was in twenty seventeen with Princess Nokia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we're. I, I feel That's like crazy. right now, we. I'm. I'm sort of thinking of ways to sort of uh, explore and expand what Lakido can do. Um, Obviously, there's still events, you know, um, mm-hmm. but then I don't know. I'm thinking of branching into a label, perhaps, or okay. or even just like uh, like workshops, maybe for yeah, for artists. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, teaching production or DJing. Um, yeah. No, I really love the workshop concept because there's really not honestly, there's not enough opportunity for workshop. There aren't really mm-hmm. enough options anywhere in the world. Yeah, you know, like, there are. There's always going to be like YouTube classes and things like Skillshare and stuff like that. But sure. actually, getting the like person-to-person experience of workshopping that's that's so much better. It know? is. It is. Yeah. There, there's you, that. You did Go a ahead. workshop here last time you were in Manila, right? Or not yes, the last I time, did. but the previous one. The previous one. Yeah, 2018. I've taught in. Uh, this school called uh, Cosmic Cosmic Sonic Arts. Um, oh wow! Okay. And um, it's run by my friend Jorge. Um, similar objects. Shout out. Oh. Um, <laughs> and dude, the, it, it was really fun. Um, I think prior to that, I didn't have any experience actually teaching a workshop. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was really cool um, connecting to the students and and. You know, everyone was so like interested and curious, and um, just really hungry. You know, for awesome. for like you know real life like lessons from from a, from an artist. You know, um, yeah. I think more more than anything, I learned more from the students than me mm-hmm. than, than 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 them. I I feel like um, I think it has really taught me how to present ideas clearly i think the thing with art sometimes or when you're teaching art or creativity it's it tends to be vague but i feel like um like interacting and engaging with students like you know face to face really helped or or made me clarify my thoughts better and to share them in, in a clear way um yeah yeah no that's really nice what kind of what were the students like? Were they all actual producers or were they interested in starting to produce or like what, what kind of level was it that you were teaching? Any idea? They were, yeah. So um, I would say it's like 80% uh, musicians and producers. Okay. And then there's like 20% of people who are just kind of curious. Okay. And, and I feel like maybe like 5% are like fans. <laughs> they just want to <laughs> sort of like have FaceTime, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, which is dope, you know. Yeah, um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and maybe they learn something, you know. Maybe they have something else to take away from that event, from that workshop, you know. Well, I hope so, bro. I hope. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Have you done any other workshops anywhere else in the world? Mm, 
I've had well, it's not 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 really workshops, but more more like talks. Um, okay. So okay. I I spoke at uh, UC, uh, San Diego State University. Um, I talked about like diversity in music oh, and wow, representation. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then Cal State Fullerton and uh, UCI University of uh, California Irvine. Um, Public yeah. teacher. Okay. i try bro yeah i i feel like it's well you know it's it's funny that i'm sort of like accumulating all this experience like speaking in front um i i think it's my way of challenging myself because i'm such a shy person bro and i'm 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 introverted you know like um and i i think i mentioned that to you i'm really an introverted person the the thing that sort of I think the thing that fuels me is to just sort of like, okay, Mark, just try this. Just try it. Like, you know, may, and maybe you will learn something from this, you know? Yeah, exactly. that, That's what I do, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn a lot about yourself in that, in that setting as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. putting yourself so into the public eye and you're just speaking, you know, like <laughs> everything you say is going to be, everybody's going to think about it. Everybody's going to listen and think about it. And For you're sure. presenting yourself for all of these people. How, how big are the audiences usually? um around I, I think in in the college level it's about like 100 maybe 80 to oh, 100 wow. people yeah. yeah it's it's a big class um I, I think for the one that i did in manila it was it was about it was about like 50 50 okay. people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's really it, awesome. it's also vulnerable too man like just mm-hmm. being in front you know, um, I think the first few minutes I would stammer a lot and I would sort of just like, <laughs> you know, sort of just like, just like settling in, sort of just like, yeah. you know, getting your bearings. And then and after after you get that momentum, it's like, OK, all right, I got this. I got this. I got this. You know, and the same yeah. for p- performing music, man. I think the first five or ten minutes, bro, I'm just like, you know, super nervous. And I, you, you've seen me nervous like before. <laughs> yeah. I remember we were hanging out before my set and, and, you know, maybe I'm just sort of like trying to like act cool, but inside I was just really nervous and sort of like, <laughs> okay, you know, um, no, I remember, I remember. yeah, man. And so like the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes of my set is me just warming up, just me warming up. You know, there's yeah. all these like self doubt. There's sort of like, Oh, is the crowd, you know, like into it and all that stuff. But then once I, I hit that, 15 20 minute mark it's like mm-hmm. okay you know fuck it fuck it i'm just gonna do me you know yeah so, and then it's all good yeah. from there yeah yeah um, yeah speaking of performing uh where would you say is like your biggest fan base because you do shows all over the world you know mm-hmm. all over america all over asia where would you say is your biggest fan base like where do you think your best shows are usually um I would say so. There's three like cities that I think um, I have like a bunch of like supporters. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Los Angeles, it, it's home base. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, Tokyo, okay. and Manila, and New York. So, okay. so those those four those those four like cities. Like at least that's what the um, that's what Spotify tells me, you know. Oh um, yeah, 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 sense. yeah. Huh. So you always try to hit those four when you're on tour. Always. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, I guess let's talk a little bit about your music. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 So, 
I'm curious, how did you get such a big fan base in Tokyo? How does that happen? Um, you know, I think I can point that um to my desire to my like spasket days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I released this album Desire and mm-hmm. you know the album cover is this, you know, like East Asian woman with a knife and with with the kanji letters on it you know and yeah. and for 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 a long time people uh thought that i was like japanese <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i'm clearly not i mean like look at me bro <laughs> uh, but you know like it's um i i feel like I, i've started growing a fan base through that like ja- a japanese yeah. fan base through that and you know when when people tweet at me in Japanese, I, you know, I go on Google Translate and just also like respond in Japanese. So, so they, they thought, they thought that, you know, I, I am Japanese. And so, but then, but then I feel like also in, in, in the way that, especially in my earlier stuff, there, there, I, I take a lot of inspiration from, from J-pop and, yeah. and Japanese music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could hear tinges of that, which, well, I would just assume or guess that that's sort of like pleasant to Japanese fans, you know, or yeah. at, at least it's familiar yeah. to them, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, with 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 Los Angeles, I feel like Los Angeles and New York, there's there's always a space for for people uh, for experimental sort of like music. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like people, I. I think in general, you know, uh, Tokyo, L.A., New York, Manila, uh, at least the underground scene is very open, mm-hmm. you know, for, for different kinds of music. And so yeah. I feel like my music thrives in, in those cities where yeah. people are more open. Yeah, that makes sense. What, what kind of, I think about this a lot, like what genre do you consider yourself? I, I think about that a lot too, bro. I mean, <laughs> Um, I, I I would always you know do a cop out and just say electronic, but yeah, of course. But I do know that there's all these subgenres, and you know it's important also to sort of like, um, I think in terms of discussion, like how you describe your music, or how mm-hmm. you what genre it, it falls into, um, um, but to be honest, bro, it's it's always hard for me because. I always see my artistry as always evolving and always sort of like exploring new sounds. Like, yes, it is. It resides in that electronic space. But if I want to make, say, like a lo-fi bedroom pop song, I would do it and I would release it as Mark Rodito. You know, like I I don't have any sort of reservations. Like if if I make... Like straight techno music, I would still release it as Mark Rodito. I, I feel like s- some of my peers are not like that. Like some of them would like, oh, I need a separate project. You know, I need separate artist name for my techno project, separate, you know, for my, you know, drum and bass project, whatever. Um, and so, so yeah. for me, you know, I, I, I just, I guess whatever is released right now, that's sort of like what I would sort of like, I guess lean towards to like right now, you know, some people say, oh, like like, like global base or tropical base, um, yeah. like electronic pop is is being thrown around as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hear that. Um, some hints of tropical house. I I don't know, man. Like tropical but, house. 
But but I feel like I'm not like super deep into that tropical house sound. Yeah, so... I don't think so either. Really. Yeah, yeah. But huh. um, yeah. That's a tough discussion to have. I mean, it's so hard to put labels on anybody's creativity. Of course, yeah. You know, but especially in music, because it happens. It happens to every musician ever. You always have to get categorized into a genre just so it's easier for people. Because genres are almost, they almost act like stereotypes where it's like you hear a genre of music and you can immediately assume like, yeah, I know what that is. I'm, I'm familiar with that or I'm not familiar with that, you know. And it just, it just makes it a lot easier to look at it from that perspective. But for that's sure. for people who hear things and don't listen to the music, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think both both are important, bro. I, I think you, you you made a point about um, genres in terms of like we, when we're talking about music. I think it's important, or at least it's valuable, uh, to to talk about genres and talk about like where you know in in where your music falls. You know what genre? Mm -hmm. I think it's important so that people can grasp what you're saying or or yeah. what your music is. But then at the same time, too, people who are more, you know, interested in the artist, they would like, oh, you know, this artist sound is continuously evolving, you know. Right. It's, I think a good example would be Tora Imwa, right? Right. He started yeah. off, like, with Chill Wave and then went into this, like, phase of, like, psychedelic rock. Yeah. And then now he's back into, like, synth pop. You know, he has some housey stuff. Like, yeah. that's... That's what I want to be, you know. I'm I'm just want to be Mark Rodito, you know. I want that yeah, Mark exactly. sound, you know, because with with Tori Mo, it's like you just know it's him, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm so happy you bring him up. He's amazing. <laughs> He's amazing. Uh, have you have you met him? Have you worked with him or anything? I haven't, bro. I haven't. No? It's uh, I saw him. I saw him DJ one time in LA, um, and I was I was like super close to him too. I was like. Yeah. <laughs> Like boiler room style, uh, just right but uh, there. <laughs> yeah, I was just right like behind him. Um, but uh, yeah, man, like we, we didn't have a chance to actually connect. I would love to though. I think he seems to be a very grounded and humble artist. Like I yeah, think I was... when he's not when he's not touring and when he you know he he's just like at home like making art. You know. Um, yeah, I, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what like. That's the life. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's funny too because I take inspiration from his social media presence. Like, sure, you know, like he would post about his shows, da da da. Um, but uh, like, he, I feel like his social media presence is 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 boring and at the same time funny. Funny yeah, in the exactly. sense it's somehow that, still very entertaining. Yeah, like his Instagram like account is sometimes like when he's not posting about his shows, it's like these like zoomed in like photos of like random shit, you know, like, you know, like a dog thing, you know, like with no context whatsoever. Like there's no captions, you know, and it would it's get like there. thousands of likes, man. Like, and it's like, ah, oh, this, this guy, this guy's a real artist. <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. No, he's, he's really, I think he's a really important person. He's somebody very, very interesting to observe. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Who, who are the artists right now that you're into, man? Um, damn, that's tough. I've been like really, really breaking into like the more like punk side of hip hop lately. Oh shit! Okay, like, tell me. J JPEG Mafia is has been my favorite artist for the past since Veteran came out in January or February last year. 
Mm -hmm. JPEG Mafia has like really, really been my favorite. I have not stopped listening to him. I was listening to him on the way here, riding my mm -hmm. Ankas motorcycle ride over here. Hell I yeah. Just, <laughs> I haven't stopped because he just put out another album. Um, yeah, he's been incredible for me. Uh, so what what is the, what is the so you mentioned punk and was it underground punk or hip hop what would it the punk side of hip hop is that what you what you yeah you yeah, yeah yeah exactly is that how it's, you describe his sound I guess so it's it's really it's again it's like really hard to put a finger on it because it's it's not really like anything I've heard mm. you know there are a lot of rappers who who yell and scream and whatnot but his I think is. Uh, far more artistic like if you listen to his his most recent album uh called all my heroes are cornballs if you check that out like oddly enough a lot of his sound is similar to what you might hear from like indie electronic artists oh really know? like some That's super yeah it, it's really interesting it's really really interesting like a lot of uh happy sounding melodies in the background but then uh -huh. it cuts to just crazy bass and him just yelling over a beat and like, just <laughs> back to happy stuff he uses a lot of like just sound bites and audio clips from from people hanging out and just talking like he was <sighs> quietly singing in the background he'll put that in the song too like it's really nice it's really really Bro, nice. i love that i love yeah. that you should check yeah. it out definitely what, check it out you mentioned punk what what makes it punk for you Ah, man, he's just really intense. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah? I, I met him last year in January at one of his shows in New York. And I was shooting for him that night. And he just, like, he's the type of rapper who will rip his shirt off wearing skinny oh, jeans and Doc Martens. Uh -huh. And he'll just be on the floor, like, laying on the floor screaming into the microphone. You know what I mean? Hell, it's, it's very, like, it's intense. really, really intense. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, uh, you should definitely check him out. For sure. I, I mean, I love the guy already. You know, I <laughs> there, there's something about there's something about punk like aesthetics and you know DIY and punk aesthetics that yeah. sort of like I I I noticed that it it permeates in into a lot of like hip hop genres, a lot of like underground uh, electronic. You know, in yeah. uh, so that's something that I've been thinking about lately. Uh, while I'm sort of like. I'm in the middle of like recording new stuff, a new EP, mm -hmm. and sort of like uh, as as a visual study, I try to make a mood board and sort of collect you know different um, like album covers or photos and 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 illustrations and sort of just make my own mood board. And so when I collaborate with a visual artist, he's like, "Here's my mood board. Here's here's the language that I'm trying to sort of like connect." And yeah. so. While I was doing that, I started to get into this rabbit hole of, of looking into, um, I, I use this software or this app called Arena, where it's like made, it's okay. like, it's like Pinterest, but sort of like more like hip, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting because like once I started collecting aesthetics that I like, I later on found out that, oh, like a lot of these are like, um like a lot of like the album covers the techno album covers sort of like are very similar to like punk and, and hardcore hardcore like yeah uh, album covers you know and 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 you know there would be like hip-hop thrown like it's like oh shit like there there are sort of like shared aesthetics here you know and yeah. and i just wondered like wh why is that like 
Well, I think one guess would be like the DIY sort of like ethics. Like you just make do with what you have. And yeah, exactly. Usually it's like lo-fi, you know, like low fidelity stuff, like low quality stuff. You just put Mm -hmm. it all together and, you know. Um, So, yeah, like that's something that's sort of like, oh, like. I'm really interested. That's why my ears perked up when you when you when you mentioned like oh JPEG Mafia sort of like you know just like punk and hip hop sort of like underground like I love that. I, I love yeah. people sort of like figuring out the shared aesthetics, but also not afraid to just combine and, and yeah. make something into like original. You know exactly, exactly. He's he's one of those artists who makes music who I like. I can't compare it to anything else I've ever heard. Yeah, you know, like literally anything. Uh, the the, the the show that I saw him first, uh, he was touring with Milo. Are you familiar with Milo? Not familiar. Milo's like an indie rapper, totally different vibes, but like they they seem to get along really well. Like they're very close. Oh, uh, like totally different vibes of music, but somehow it just made perfect sense. That's so <laughs> you know dope. I mean? Just like complete yeah. opposites, but it just made sense. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, you know, let's see. Let's go back in time, Mark. Yeah. Let's go back in time. Tell the people go where you're from. Time. Let's talk about where you're from. Dude, I'm I'm from well, right now I am you know, I'm from Los Angeles, but I was born and raised in Manila, Philippines. Yeah. Well, actually, well, let's scratch that. Um, <laughs> well, yes, I was born in Manila. <laughs> I'm like second, <laughs> second guessing. Um Yes, it is in Manila because because like I I was born in Quezon City, which is a part of Manila. So yes, yeah. I was born in Manila, Philippines, and I lived in the Philippines up until I was in my mid twenties, and then from there I moved to the okay. states. Yeah, so you know yeah. I could speak the language. I'm fluent. Um, you know. Uh, Although I'm a little insecure with my Tagalog now because it's you know <laughs> I, I don't I don't use it that much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I I miss the Philippines like every day, man. Like I feel like the 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 reason why um I've been collecting a lot of plants like it, I I really like tropical plants and so I try mm-hmm. to sort of like surround my 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 space with like tropical aesthetics because it, it just reminds me of home man you know yeah exactly. um yeah that's yeah no, that's um, so true <laughs> yeah yeah how how was your what was your music life like here before you moved to the states like were you already producing were you already i remember i watched some of your travel vlogs when you were here last year and you know when you were in your hometown house or something like that well you you were already producing here right yeah, yeah, I was. I, I've always been involved with music, man. Like, yeah. I started like playing, you know, drums for church, you know, and obviously, oh, the, okay. yeah, like I started like when I was maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. And, you know, um, you know, playing at church and, you know, obviously the priest hated it because it's so loud. I would pray like, really <laughs> loud. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I've always been involved with like, you know, like punk bands and garage bands um, like, all throughout, man, up until college, you know. And yeah. I think, you know, during my college years here or, or rather in the Philippines, um, 
Yeah, I was really involved with the punk scene, the punk scene, the hardcore scene. Um, I, I wrote my own zines. Uh, <laughs> shit, what, what did I do? Like, I, I dubbed my own cassettes and sort of sold them at shows. Hell and yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I did. And, shit. And yeah, and then slowly, like after that, um, I sort of evolved into being more interested in like electronic music. I wanted to mm -hmm. figure out how to make it and so i started downloading like free software like fl like fruity loops and like audacity mm -hmm. um and sort of just like made these little like janky like lo-fi like pop pop tunes you know yeah. and and you know it, it was you know it's it's not that good but but i i, I felt really very free to to express that and you know i, I had peers also when i was you know when I was living in the Philippines, who were also pursuing very similar aesthetics, you know, one okay. one example would be uh, Egg Boy, you know, uh, Diego Mapa, who mm -hmm. I think he fronts Pedicab, and yeah, like like he was he was doing something similar too, like a lo-fi electronic like project, and okay, okay. and then from there, you know, started playing shows um, around Manila. Um, and that that was this this was around like two thousand five two thousand six, yeah. And you know, and I'm sure you know, like the the scene in Manila isn't really that big, um, especially yeah, the, ind true. the independent uh, scene. So you know, there's only a few venues that you could play in, mm -hmm. and it was really fun though. Like when 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 you know during that time, I feel like oh like because the scene's so small, like you you pretty much know everyone and. Um, yeah, it, it was really it was really cool because I felt supported. Um, just you know, playing around, you know, um, in Manila, and then, and then yeah, man, I think like two thousand eight is when I sort of decided, hey, I I really wanted to make music as a career. I, I wanna, or at least I wanna do it long term. And so, mm -hmm. it made sense for me to move to the states and study um, recording and production. Okay, and. And yeah, man, like once I got here, it was like, wow, this is a whole nother world, you know, yeah. like the, the, I feel like there's something about traveling and also like being in another place, it sort of expands your world. And that was my moment when I actually like, you know, started going to school in, in, in Los Angeles and started meeting people who are like me and started like going to the shows in LA. Like it was really dope. Like, wow, this is so different from where I grew up, yeah. you know? I'm pretty sure you have similar experiences uh, as someone who, of course, sort of, of transplanted. Course. Absolutely. Yeah. So same here. It's a very, you know? very similar, bro. Like it, it's expanding. Um, and so, um, yeah, I told myself like, well, what, what if I stay here? You know, my my family, all my family's here. I'm, I was the only one living in the Philippines. You know. Yeah. And so it's like, oh really? Wanna, you were the only yeah, one. I was the only one, bro. Um, yeah, my family. Live live in the states. Um, oh, what? They, they migrated wow. like a long time ago, but um, so what made you stay behind? It's mostly to just you know take care of like family properties and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so yeah, man, like that's that's yeah, pretty no, much that, like the, the transplant thing is like I totally understand that you know like for me it it took me a while to to kind of find my. I guess find my roots here in Manila. You know, for those of you who don't know, if you're listening, I'm Dom. I live in Manila. I've been here for almost two years now. 
I'm from New York. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. It's, it, it really took me a while to, to find my roots here because like for my first few months, I was just, I didn't really have a network of people you know and so my only network i came here with i joined a modeling agency here in manila and my only network was people in the modeling and fashion industry and they didn't really i i couldn't really find the opportunities to network into into stuff that i'm more familiar with back home you know what i mean mm -hmm. stuff that i'm more passionate about thankfully i have now but it took me about six to ten months to do that you know it yeah. took a long time which is yeah it's, you know, it's tough, but it's part of the process. But once I did find those people, they're still so different from me. But I love that because it's mm -hmm. like it's like new perspectives on the things that I already love. You know, what I mean? 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, man. Yeah. Like, I think you you I, I could really relate to you. Um, like you. You mentioned like it took you like, you know, some time to actually gain footing or at least establish a network. Yeah. Um, same for me, man. It took me years even, you know, to, yeah. to sort of establish myself uh, as a musician or at least establish a network of people who are like me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It took, it took me a while, man. It took me, it took me three, four years maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, but that's the, that's the difference, though. You know, like you said before, Manila is such a small, small scene, small community, small city, mm -hmm. where it's like once you start to meet people, you literally meet everybody. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. That's exactly yeah, how it totally, goes. Totally. But then yeah. when you're going to LA or when you're going to New York and you're going to the biggest cities in America, yeah. that's when it gets really tough. You it's know, tough, that's bro. Really, really yeah, tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Los Angeles, for example. I mean, you know, it's it's so spread out, and yeah. everyone has their own scene. Everyone has their own cliques, and you know, people don't really venture out that much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In, in Manila, it's like concentrated. It's like right here, like say, yeah, I don't know, exactly, Makati or Cuba or whatever. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's literally just Makati. Uh, totally yeah and we're not even really in Kubao that much anymore unfortunately as much as I still like Kubao, but it's just there's not really how, that much going on there how so why is it, it it's just so far and so much new stuff has opened in Makati here mm, you know right. and it's like yeah. it's like all the major events all the everything is pretty much just existing in Makati now you know, I know. Unless there's like a big brand, like the the event I did with Mickey from Twelfth House. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that was a, that was one of those rare occasions where it's like everybody travels from all the way from the south in Alabang up to Kubao just to be there. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, yeah. And those Bro, were beautiful I, things. I saw the photos, man. It was like this, <laughs> it's super dope. It's super yeah, dope. Man. Yeah, man. That was a good event. That was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. That was a Fuck really yeah. good one. Shout out to Mickey. He was supposed yeah, to come on the some... podcast, but he hasn't yet. <laughs> oh shit! Next guest, yeah. uh, next, next, soon, next, very next. soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to reschedule on him. Sorry, Mickey, if you're listening, yeah. I know you are listening. <laughs> Sorry, I love bro. that dude. Man. I lo I love Mickey, man. Yeah, he he took care of me when I was there like, the first time in a long time when I was when when I first started in Manila. Like he he took care of me. So shout out to Mickey. He's the man. Oh yeah. Shout out to Mickey. When was your when was your first tour in Manila? Uh, 2017. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you've been coming back here every year. Almost. Yes. Yes. When's yeah. the next one? <laughs> Maybe next year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Dude. I know I missed you this time. You were at 2020, right, this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were in New I York, was, so. Yeah, I was still back home. Yeah. That's all good. <laughs> Dude, I want to, well, I, I was planning to come back uh, next year. I wanted to visit Chargao, man. I, I've never been. Have you been? I haven't yet, but I have some 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 connections over there. If oh, I, for sure. My, my, my girl's family owns like a hostel over there. So oh, no. <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. go. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I got a couple of last questions for you, if you don't mind. That's all good with for you. For sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to ask you, who is somebody inspiring you right now? Who is somebody Whether inspiring? Whether it could be a visual artist, musician, literally anything. Yeah, what the, or even, even a book or a podcast or a movie or something like that. Mm. Mm. Okay, at the top of my head, there's this podcast that's um, really very interesting and inspiring to me right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Water and Music, and it explores the intersection between um, music and technology and how uh. these, like, platforms like spotify you know apple music and like, e like even like other apps that are made for musicians um how, how that affects like well the business side of things but also like the artist side of things so mm -hmm. that that's it it sounds very industry but but it's really not um if it and as someone who is curious about the music and technology sort of like you know connection like yeah the th that's something exactly that's something that I'm uh, listening to, uh, listening to a lot right now. Um, artist. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Floating Points. Um, he is this producer from um, from the UK, who makes like really like organic sounding. I would call it house music, but it's 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 very. It's got a lot of movement. It feels very organic. It feels like um, um, it's driving. Yes, it's 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 mm -hmm. very like groovy, but also it doesn't sound mechanical. Like, yeah, like you okay. could you could tell that someone is actually like moving the knobs like slowly, and you know the music is right. changing. Um, I love it. Like I'm I've been a fan for a long time, and I think right now I've just been sort of like rediscovering his discography. So okay. What yeah, was that name? Is... Floating Points, you said? Floating Points, yes. Okay, I'll check that out for sure. Mm -hmm. Huh, interesting. All right, and, and lastly, I'd like to ask this question because, you know, this day and age, it's so important. Uh, what would you say is your favorite social media platform? <laughs> favorite social media platform, bro. <laughs> I am... Well, to be honest, I, 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 I'm, I'm not on social media that often. Um, yeah. It, it's funny though because I find myself being on Facebook more. Really? The reason, yeah, bro, it's funny wow. because the That's reason the first, is the first one. The reason is like I like the idea of of you know re reposting like gifts, like funny gifts, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and I feel like my feed, my Facebook feed is just all funny gifts, you know. <laughs> um, and at the same time, like I could get like helpful like articles from people that I follow. Um. And 
So that Facebook and then I think Instagram is, is still very valuable in terms of like I because I still like to share like photos. Um, mm -hmm. But I think in general, um, I, I want to be m much more better with my social media and be much more authentic with it because yeah. I, I think for a while I was just so addicted to it that I had to tell myself, okay, I, I need to slow down, I need to like cut, you know. Yeah. And now I'm so slowly sort of like easing back into it. So my, that was my, actually my... the same for me. That's a really common theme of everybody who's been on the podcast so far. They've said the same mm -hmm. thing. You know, we were all so addicted to it for so long, but then we had to yeah. just take a step back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yeah, like right now, yeah, those, those top two are, are sort of like where I'm at, you know? All right. Well, all right. I think we're good to go. Hell yeah. Mark, Dude. it was a pleasure. Bro, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure just chatting and sort of like just jamming with you, man. Just um yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate the friendship, man. I appreciate appreciate the support as well. Um yeah, man. I hope to to hang out with you um, you know, soon. Yeah, very soon, I'm sure. Thank yeah. you for everything you do, man. Really appreciate everything you do, really respect what you do. I really love the new tropical concept. Like that was something that I had never thought of before. I'd never felt it before. And it's, it's a beautiful concept. Everything you're doing is amazing and has been amazing for the last few years. So thank you very much, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. It's an you. honor and a pleasure. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for tuning in from me and Mark. Oh, actually, Mark, wait, tell them where they can find you on, on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Absolutely. I'm yeah. I am Mark Rodito everywhere, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, yeah, and you know my album is out on Spotify. It's under Mark Rodito. Um, if you want to hear the old stuff, it's under Spazkid. So, yeah. um, yep, that's All it. All right, everybody, that's it. All right, brother, thank Thanks, you so Mark. much. Peace. Peace. The music you're hearing on today's episode is brought to us by Mantra Blue. He's our producer of the week. You can find his info in the description.